Welcome to the website of the Laurel Heights Church of Christ in McAllen, Texas, and we want you to know that if you have access to Facebook, we are on Facebook every Sunday at 10.30 in the morning and 5 o'clock Sunday afternoon. Find the Laurel Heights Church of Christ Facebook page, and you'll be able to listen to those live stream broadcasts as they occur. We welcome you to this website where we put recordings of the sermons in advance of Sunday. Here's where I want to begin. One of the toxic snares we can fall into here on earth is being tempted and driven to please people all the time. With such compulsion, pleasing God becomes unimportant. I want to give you two examples from Scripture. There were certain Jewish men who, John says, believed in Christ, but they didn't confess that belief for fear of the Pharisees. And John goes on to say about that in John 12, 43, they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Do you see that? Do you hear that? It is so clear that the spiritually fatal snare was they love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. They believed in Christ, apparently without the activity of obedience, but what they believed was kept silent. They did not confess their faith, and John wants us to understand the motive. They love the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And that leads me to say again, one of the toxic snares we can fall into here on earth is being tempted and driven to please people. With such compulsion, pleasing God becomes unimportant. Loving the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. Here's another example, very similar, from the Sermon on the Mount over in Matthew chapter 6. I'll read verses 1 through 4. Beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them, for then you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret, and your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. The issue was not, and is not, giving to the needy. Legitimate, sincere generosity is everywhere commended in the Word of God. No, the issue is identified by two phrases Jesus used, in order to be seen and that they might be praised by others. There were those who practiced their righteousness before others, parade style, seeking human applause, coveting attention, not engaged in these activities toward God, but for human audience seeking recognition from men. So again, I say, one of the toxic snares we can fall into here on earth is being tempted and driven to please people 
With such compulsion, pleasing God becomes unimportant. My objective in this sermon is to be certain we see that danger and that we steer a course away from it toward pleasing and glorifying God our Father and honoring Christ by our daily discipleship engaged in the instructions written by the Holy Spirit. Of course, I'm building on one of the simplest principles we all acknowledge if we are Christians. Our purpose is to please God. There is no mystery, there is no theological complication or academic argument that is complex. Let's just say this plainly, knowing this is absolutely true, our purpose is to please God. Should it be necessary to source that? That can be done from any number of places in Scripture. Hebrews 13, 16, Do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. 2 Corinthians 5, 9, So whether we are at home or away, we make it our aim to please Him. Colossians 3, 23, Whatever you do, work heartily, as for the Lord and not for men. Listen to 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1. Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God, just as you are doing, that you do so more and more. Ephesians 5 and verse 10, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Paul to Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 4, no soldier gets engaged in civilian pursuits since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. And I could just continue on and on with so many other passages. This is one of those simple starting places in our relationship with God, the inflexible desire to please him in all that we think, say, and do. Sometimes we express that by saying, God is first, seek first the kingdom, or as Peter and the other apostles said, we must obey God rather than men, Acts 5.29. So those men who wouldn't confess Christ and those who gave to the needy to be seen by men did not have in their hearts this fixed purpose to please God, to put him first. Their concern was to please man and acquire human approval. So I repeat, one of the toxic snares we can fall into here on earth is being tempted and driven to please people about everything with such compulsion, pleasing God becomes unimportant. It seems to be common, an ingrained desire to please others to the point where pleasing others surpasses pleasing God. Now, there is a legitimate aspect of pleasing your neighbor, and I'll address that at uh, the 5 p.m. live stream, the other recording for this Sunday, May the 30th. My objective now is to steer us away from any obsession, any propensity to please people, forsaking our primary purpose to please God, the Creator. 
This ill-conceived desire I've identified to be praised by men is a way of life that has at least three sharp edges. I want to identify those. Number one, you can't live this way and please God simultaneously. You can't live in two worlds at the same time. You can't be an idolater and a true worshiper of God at the same time. So if pleasing everybody has become your idol, you've left God. And that means missing all that God offers in Christ. You can't live in a world that pleases everybody and have standing in the kingdom of Christ at the same time. This is like what Jesus said about materialism in Matthew 6, 24. You cannot serve God and money. Serving money ends at death. Serving man rather than God ends at death. If I want something good and perfect after death, serving God must be my primary purpose, never allowing anyone or anything to interfere with that service. Perhaps we arrive at times in life when it becomes necessary to review who we're talking about, who God is. So let's take a moment here to consider who we're talking about, God, the creator. This is the message that we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. 1 John 1 and verse 5. For who is God besides the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to stand on the heights. 2 Samuel 22, 32 through 34. In Psalms 54, in verse 4, Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. Psalms 62, 7 and 8, My salvation and my honor depend on God. He is my mighty rock, my refuge. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him, for God is our refuge. 1 Timothy 1, 17, to the king of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. See, there is this constant awareness we all need to know who God is and let that knowledge drive all our service to him and our response to Jesus Christ and not let any interest in human praise interfere with that devotion. Someone many years ago engaged me in a conversation about what happens after you die. In the course of that conversation, the person I was talking to said this, I hope God lets me observe from heaven my funeral. I want to see how people react and hear what is said. Wouldn't that be neat? And my response I cannot imagine anyone being in the presence of God and wanting to turn away from him to see people at a funeral home. I believe when we get into the very presence of God, we will be so captivated by his glory, so filled with gratitude and joy, we will have no desire to zoom into our funeral. 
or go looking for a long-lost uncle or friend. We will have the emotions of men like Isaiah and Moses and Paul who experience those moments of divine vision. Serve him now. Singular commitment. Seek first the kingdom, his will, not your will or mine. Do not seek to please everybody all the time and receive the praise of human audiences. No man can serve two masters. Number two, if you try to please men, please people, ignoring the higher purpose to please God, you are attempting the impossible. When you try to please everybody and serve God, Worldly wisdom admits this. You might please some of the people some of the time, but you will never please all of the people all of the time. So if your purpose is to please everybody, that will bring you into all kinds of conflict, anxiety, and stress. Just imagine trying to go through life saying yes to everybody. Every invitation, every request, every plea for approval, every effort to please people you are around. You'll go crazy. In addition to the sharp edge of not pleasing God, your efforts to please everybody will only lead to frustration and unrest. Please think this through from the perspective of biblical narratives and characters. What if Noah had tried to please the whole world? What if Joshua had taken a public opinion poll and made his conquest plans according to the majority? What if Paul and the apostles crafted a message that was approved by men, therefore loaded with compromise and corruption? People pleasers are burned by the conflicting purpose of seeking the praise of everybody. It is a way of life that is anything but peaceful. Determination to please people no matter what can take us away from God, Your family may want you to do one thing to please them, your friends outside the home another, your co-workers another, and what people want you to do may change almost from moment to moment. It is a frustrating way to live life, to seek, to please everybody. Number three, when you try to please everybody, you are not following Christ. When we determine to please men and bow to human praise and worldly popularity, we are not following Christ. Christ said, according to John 6:38, I have come down from heaven not to do my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Paul said of Christ in Philippians 2 and verse 8, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. John 14, 31, Jesus said, I do as the Father has commanded. If you are a follower of Christ, if I am really a follower of Christ, my purpose matches his purpose. Submission to the Father, to please the Father, even if people on earth are not happy with my choice. So many questions and issues of the day are answered right here. Am I really a follower of Christ? What did he do in relation to the Father? He pleased him through obedience from the heart. 
That's what I must do and you must do, even when people around us may not like it and may oppose us. Paul reminded the Romans, Christ pleased not himself in Romans 15, 3. Jesus himself said in John 8, 29, I do always those things that please him. Paul followed this example when he wrote to the Thessalonians. He said, I came to you not as pleasing men, but God. 1 Thessalonians 2 and verse 4. So my purpose in this sermon has been to show us and remind us one of the toxic snares we can fall into here on earth is being tempted and driven to please people. With such compulsion, pleasing people becomes our purpose rather than pleasing God. If this is something you see in yourself, I'm asking you to consider the sharp edges of this way of life. Pray with a penitent heart, honestly confessing to God your sin, and consider when final judgment time comes, nobody, nobody you have pleased can speak up for you, plead your case, get you into heaven, or erase your history of being a people pleaser instead of a God pleaser. And I want you to Listen carefully to these passages I'm going to bring to your attention as I close. 1 Thessalonians 4 and verse 1, Finally then, brothers, we ask and urge you in the Lord Jesus that as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God just as you were doing, that you do so more and more. In Ephesians 5 and verse 10, discern what is pleasing to the Lord. May all of God's people with united voice and purpose discern and commit fully to what is pleasing to the Lord. Thank you for listening.